Hey guys, welcome back. This is episode 21 of Real Estate Investing in New York with me, Christina Kremitas. And in this episode, we are talking about how you can leverage the bank appraisal to strengthen your offer for a property without just having to drive up the asking price in order to be competitive. So stay tuned, we're covering everything here. Welcome back guys. Thank you again for being here for another episode of Real Estate Investing in New York. I'm excited to get into this episode for you guys. It's full of really valuable information. First, just a reminder, please like and subscribe. This really helps me to bring you more videos and content like this. This is the easiest thing that you guys can do to support me and it's completely free. So if you're watching on YouTube, please like this video and subscribe to the channel. Share it with your friends. And if you are listening on the podcast, please give the podcast a positive rating and please double check and ensure that you're subscribed. I also have a lifestyle and self-improvement podcast and video series called New York and Beyond, which is also on YouTube and all podcast apps. So you may also want to check that out. I think you'll be interested. And finally, be sure to follow me on Instagram at my handle, Christina.Kremitas. This is the best way to keep in touch with me, get a look behind the scenes at my day to day, and also get involved in my giveaways that I do every single week. And all of my contact information is always in the description. You can send me an email, check out my website, definitely get in touch with me in all the ways that I've linked below. So jumping in, leveraging the bank appraisal. Real estate in Manhattan, Brooklyn, and Queens is still very competitive, despite what the media may say, despite all of the drama that we've been experiencing. What's really been happening is that buyers who are serious have been going out and looking at, let's say, five to 10 properties, and then out of the ones they've seen, they decide which is the best, and that's the one that they choose to negotiate on. So when it comes to that property that stands out to a buyer out of the five or 10 they've seen, logic will tell you that there is also going to be another buyer that's come to that same assessment and who is also interested in that property over the others. So even though we've seen properties sitting on the market in some parts of Manhattan longer than we would expect to or typically see, my buyers have definitely been surprised to see that they found themselves in competitive bidding situations. So when I'm representing a buyer, my mission is to get the absolute best deal possible. And since I have a comprehensive knowledge of all of the things that go into a transaction and affect a transaction, I'm able to make creative recommendations to my clients for how we can strengthen their offer without only driving up the sales price. Ultimately, the goal is you want to be as appealing as possible to a seller to have them favor your offer over the competition. One of the most important aspects of the real estate purchase process is the bank appraisal. The appraisal can throw a wrench in your transaction if you aren't prepared for it, but if you understand how it works, it can actually be a tool that you can use to strengthen your offer. So an appraisal is done whenever you have a bank involved in your purchase. That's if you're getting a mortgage. If you're paying cash for a property, an appraisal is not conducted. The appraisal is the bank's assessment of the value of the property. Because because the bank wants to loan you money to purchase the property, but they're making sure that the amount that they're giving you is consistent with what the property is actually worth, not simply what you're willing to pay for it. So because I feel like everyone can always use a refresher on how the appraisal really affects your purchase, I'm going to review that really quickly and then get into how you can use it as a tool. The appraisal determines how much money the bank is going to be willing to lend you. 
So if you go to the bank and you want to put 20% down on a property and finance or get a mortgage for 80% of the purchase price, the bank is going to conduct an appraisal on the property to make sure that their assessment of the value of the property is equal to at least what you said you're willing to pay for it. And if they determine that it is, then you're going to get the amount of money from the bank that you asked for. The bank sends a third party appraiser to the property site and that third party appraiser looks at the condition of the unit and they also compare comps and they come up with their assessment of the value of that property. You only run into an issue if the appraiser thinks that the property is worth less than the amount of money that you said you were willing to pay for it. Now note that the appraisal happens after you've already signed your contract. So you've already come to an agreement on the price with the seller and you've signed the contract. So now you are committed to paying that amount as long as you can get a mortgage commitment letter. And the mortgage commitment letter is contingent upon the appraisal. So for example, to make this a little more clear for the sake of using even numbers, let's say that you're planning on purchasing a property for $1 million and you've gone to the bank and you're going to get 80% financing on that transaction, which means that you're gonna get a mortgage for 80% of the purchase price and put down 20% in cash. So you're gonna put down $200,000 in cash and you're going to get a mortgage for $800,000. Now, if the appraisal is conducted and let's say the appraisal comes in low and the value of the property is only coming in at $900,000, let's say. It's rare that an appraisal would come in so low, but I just wanna use round even numbers. This means that the bank is only going to give you your requested 80% financing on the appraised price of the property, which means they're gonna give you 80% of $900,000, not a million. So in this example, the amount of money that the bank is willing to give you comes out to $720,000, which is $80,000 less your anticipated amount that you were hoping for, which was $800,000. So how do you make up for that remaining $80,000? There really only are four options for what you can do in this situation. The first option is you can pay the entire balance in cash. So ultimately you would be putting down a down payment of 280,000 and financing 720. Keep in mind that you already signed your contract, so you're committed to paying the seller the amount that you had agreed on. Option two is that you could go back to the seller and try to renegotiate the price. You can ask the seller to contribute the difference for you and see if the seller is willing to pay it. You can also offer to split the difference with the seller and see if the seller can help you pay the balance. And you can see if the seller is willing to sell the property for a lower price given that the appraisal came in lower. However, renegotiating with the seller is really not always possible because usually if you find yourself in this situation, there's a reason why. So what we're seeing lately, especially with COVID, is that certain properties are much more valuable to buyers than they were before. Maybe it's a Brooklyn apartment with a little bit more space and private outdoor space. That's coveted now, whereas before, maybe people overlooked it. So because of that, people are very interested in certain property types and the comparables, especially in the beginning of COVID may not have justified the price that they were willing to pay. So of course a seller is going to take advantage of that new demand and therefore be very hesitant to want to renegotiate with you. The third option that you can do in a situation with a low appraisal is you can walk away from the deal. Since the bank is not able to give you 80% of the contract price, the bank can issue you a declination letter and you can walk away from the deal. And I'm going to mention the fourth option in a moment. 
So as you can see, most of the scenarios that can occur if you get a low appraisal are really not ideal for a seller because they're at great risk of losing their buyer. And that's a seller's worst nightmare. A seller wants to engage with a buyer right from the beginning that they know is going to get to the closing table because by the time an appraisal happens, they've lost weeks of potential negotiations that they could have had with other buyers. Which brings us to option four of what you could possibly do in the event that you get a low appraisal, which is ask for more money from the bank. So let's say you don't want to put down more than $200,000. You could ask the bank to give you that extra $80,000. But now that puts you in a little bit of a pickle because the bank will be giving you more than 80% of the property value, which the bank usually will have a problem with. It's possible to get a mortgage from a bank for greater than 80% of the property value, but usually there are stricter requirements that need to be met. The buyer needs to be highly qualified. The building needs to completely check out and not have any issues. And most importantly, there are going to be extra fees when a buyer takes out a mortgage for more than 80% of the purchase price. Whether that be insurance or extra bank fees, it usually is more costly on a monthly basis to a buyer to take out that much money. So for those reasons, you're not really inclined to get a loan for greater than 80% of the purchase price, which brings us to the type of buyer that is much more appealing to a seller, especially in this environment where low appraisals are not all that uncommon, a seller is really looking for a buyer that's going to come in willing to finance less of the purchase price so that they don't run into this problem. Keep in mind that a seller's real estate agent as well as the seller are very aware of all of these potential implications of a low appraisal, so they are looking out for this strong buyer. So here's an example of what that more competitive buyer looks like. Let's say you come in offering the same $1 million, but you're willing to finance only 70% of the purchase price. So you're willing to put down $300,000 in cash and finance the 700,000. In this scenario, when the bank appraisal comes in low at 900,000, you can easily go back to the bank and ask them to just finance a little bit more. So finance that extra $80,000 so you don't have to pay it out of pocket. So most often the bank is going to say, fine, that's not a problem because financing 80,000 extra dollars on your mortgage is just gonna be financing 78% instead of 70% and you're still below the 80% financing, which most banks are very willing to give you with the minimal amount of fees. This scenario is way easier than you getting the bank to agree to give you more than 80% financing. So if you are able to place an offer with only maybe 60 or 70% financing, you are worlds more appealing to a seller than a buyer that's looking to finance an entire 80% of the purchase price. This is because you are not already maxing out the amount of money that you can get from the bank. So anything that comes up with the appraisal doesn't threaten the transaction to potentially kill the deal. Ultimately, you are much more likely to actually get to the closing table, which is what a seller wants to know. Another thing that you could do when you place your offer with 80% financing is show the seller that you have cash in the bank 
to potentially make up for a low appraisal. So essentially what you're saying is you're not committing to having to put down more than 20% of the purchase price, but if the appraisal comes in low, then you do have the money to cover the balance and it's something that you're willing to do. Having the seller know that you understand how the appraisal works and that you are interested in proceeding with the purchase no matter what the appraisal comes back at is very comforting to a seller and it's something that is going to really help you stand out to a seller among other competing buyers that may be looking to pay the same price as you. Finally, it's totally understood that 30% of the purchase price is a lot of money to put down in cash. Totally get it. It's probably the case that that much cash is not on hand to show as a backup or put in your offer, right? Fine, so here's what you can do in that situation. This is not something that I recommend doing right off the start, but depending on how a transaction goes and depending how competitive it's looking, you can offer to waive your appraisal contingency. This means that you would be committing to not letting the appraised value get in between you and purchasing the apartment. So with a normal appraisal contingency, which is part of a mortgage contingency, what happens is if the appraisal comes in low and the bank is supposed to be giving you 80% of the purchase price and now they're only able to give you less, the bank is able to give you a mortgage declination letter, which means that you were not approved for the mortgage because you couldn't finance the amount that you need. And therefore you are allowed out of the contract, assuming that you have a mortgage contingency in place. When you waive the appraisal contingency, it means that the bank cannot decline you because of the appraisal amount. You would need to get declined for a different reason, like maybe your personal finances in general or a job loss or something that may have come up that would cause the bank to reject you, but the appraisal is not a reason that they can reject you. So if you were to communicate this to a seller, that you're willing to waive your appraisal contingency, now the appraisal is out of the way and no longer a threat to the transaction which again puts a seller's mind at ease. Now, of course, if money actually is really tight and there are no backup funds to cover this, I would not recommend doing it. You have to have the right situation in place to be able to do this, but I'm providing you the idea so that if it does work for you, it's a great option that 99% of buyers are not thinking of doing. So you would have an upper hand in this situation if you were able to. Also, if you've looked at the comparables with your real estate agent and you are very confident that the appraisal is gonna come in at your contract price and you don't think that a low appraisal is an issue, then you could also consider doing this just to show how serious you are to a seller, showing them that you really do intend on moving forward and having it just be a little something that can incentivize a seller to engage with you over someone else. Again, it's really, really, really important that you're working with a buyer's agent that has a comprehensive understanding of this stuff front to back so that they can really advise you on what situations are ideal for you because as your buyer's agent, that person needs to be representing your best interest in the transaction. The buyer's agent's job is not to make a seller's agent happy, but if the buyer's goal is to win the property, a good buyer's agent will be able to craft the story and position you in the best possible light so that you get what you want. So the ideas that I've mentioned are definitely not all things that I would even recommend going in with in your initial offer and kind of showing all of your cards. Assuming that you're working with a strategic real estate agent for your purchase, you'll know if you do need to come in with that level of transparency and competitiveness right off the bat, 
or if you're going to place an initial offer and then test the waters and see how the seller responds, see how negotiable the seller is, see what the competition looks like, and then go from there and maybe adjust or add incentives as you go. Of course, if you are considering purchasing or selling in New York and you would like for me to represent you, I would be more than happy to. You can always send me an email or get in touch with me however you'd like. And of course, if you are picky about who you work with and you want to choose that real estate agent that is going to really strategically negotiate for you, just keep in mind that I am a certified negotiation expert. I know that sounds kind of obnoxious, but I really do just need to mention it here so you guys can know and be aware that I'm here for you guys. So those were the major points that I really wanted to get across in this episode. So I'm going to keep this one short and sweet for you guys and just leave it with those takeaways. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Please be sure to like and subscribe. Please share these videos with your friends and family, whoever you think might get value out of them. Please follow me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is christina.kremitas. Stay tuned for my giveaways every single Thursday that I do on my Instagram page. And please be sure to check the description for all the ways that you can contact me. Thank you guys so much and stay tuned for the next episode episode 22 where I will be sharing with you guys my top neighborhoods that I recommend investing in now. Thanks guys. See you then.